Welcome to the FDN Thrive Podcast. We interview leaders in the functional health space who bring you the most up-to-date, cutting-edge information for people who have tried it all for their health issues. We hope you enjoy the show. How much uh, better would you say that you have gotten? Is this like 70%, 60 80 Where are you at, do you think? So definitely, gosh, I don't know, 80 90%. I awesome. mean, I don't have any illnesses. Um, I don't, I'm not on any medications. Well, hello there, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of the FDN Thrive Podcast. My name is Evan Transu, aka Health Coach Ev, and I will be your host for today's show. Now, we have our first repeat guest on the FDN Thrive Podcast. We're talking to Miss Lori Ballou. She is giving us an update on her own healing journey. She's feeling fantastic, doing really well, as you just heard in the excerpt before this. But we're also going to be diving a little deeper into some weight loss tips today because Lori is someone who's had an awesome, really incredible weight loss journey. And she's someone that helps break the stigma around people that deal with excess weight. You know, in our society, unfortunately, it's very much stigmatized and just believe that, oh, someone's overweight, they must need to eat less or they need to work out more. Now, certainly, if we take this to the extreme, there is probably some truth to that. Let's take the calories to the extreme, for example. If someone eats 10,000 calories a day and they're not like an Olympic level athlete versus zero calories a day, of course, at that high end, they are going to gain weight. And at that lower end, by definition, they have to lose weight because they are consuming no energy. It makes sense. But what doesn't make sense is talking to the people rudely and acting like they're just being lazy or not dedicated enough when they're really trying their heart out and they're only eating 2,000, 2,500 calories a day, which is completely normal for an adult. If anything, some adults might need a lot more than that, okay? The easiest thing that I can say here is that I know someone who eats about 3,000 to 3,500 calories a day. This person has actually won as the strongest individual in the United States of America and has competed internationally in their weight class. They're about 250, 260 pounds, if I'm not mistaken. I also eat 3,000 to 3,500 calories a day. I'm very active, certainly no more active than that person, though, considering their sport is their life. Well, I've never weighed over 175 pounds. So explain that one, right? It doesn't make sense to just argue exercise and activity and calories in, calories out. Yes, on the extremes, there's truth to that. In fact, the more extreme you go, the more truth there is. But then there is this middle ground, which doesn't add up. And 3,000 calories for you is not usually going to be the same as 3,000 calories for me it is going to react in our bodies differently. And we need to consider the different aspects of why one food or a certain amount of calories, let's say, could be different for one person and then have this effect on someone else, right? Why does one person gain a ton of weight and one person doesn't? Well, let's say that genetics are probably at least one part of that. But what do we never talk about? We never in society talk about gut microbiota, And the fact that if we do a fecal transplant with obese rats to um, non-obese rats, those non-obese rats, even when nothing else has changed, will actually become obese. We don't talk about the effects of of inflammatory foods, food sensitivities. I don't want to spoil all this. I'm just giving a little teaser about what we're going to talk about today. But let's end the stigma with this. You know, and I'm not being biased. I'm not even someone who's been overweight in their life. I just said I've never weighed over 175 pounds. I'm six feet tall, you know, and a male. 
So I have plenty of weight to gain if I wanted to do it. So this is passion that's coming from just seeing it happen to other people. And it is so ignorant to me when someone is looking at someone that's working their butt off and saying, oh, they need to you know, eat less or work out more when they don't really know that the person has better habits in both of those categories than they do. If that frustrates you as well, then you're going to love this podcast. So without further ado, let's get to the episode. All right. Hey there, Lori. Welcome back to the FDN Thrive podcast. Thank you, Evan. It's great to be back. I'm really excited today to um, talk with you and let you know more about the journey that I've been on. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm excited to have you here. And for those listening, I actually, I don't know uh, Lori's updates yet with her own health and her own story. So it's fantastic. But just to give a little context, Lori was on the podcast before. If I'm not mistaken, you're actually the first fully repeat uh, guest on here and a worthy one at that. You know, there's new things to share for sure. Um, She was episode number 12. So if you have the time, I would highly recommend probably listening to that podcast beforehand because you're going to get a much more in-depth kind of dive into her story and the things that she's went through. So with that said, though, um, maybe we should give just like a little summary, Lori, of the things that you have experienced. I mean, as much as you want, but a summary nonetheless. And then let's talk about some of the updates because I'd love to hear those myself. Yeah. Well, the, my biggest problem was I um, ballooned up to 225 pounds in my early 30s. And then I became um, kind of, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, no, I was no longer fertile at that point because I had PCOS and my immune system had just tanked. So I had a lot of allergies. Um, I remember having bronchitis and sinusitis, and then I developed asthma, which took over my life. And so it, it wore me out. I had depression and I just wasn't functioning at my, um, I wasn't functioning and I wasn't happy. I wasn't able to do the things in life that other people did because I was going through all of that. So when your diet is overwhelmed with too many carbohydrates, I noticed from my body type that I just ended up with depression. And because of these foods that I ate that I was probably sensitive to, I ended up with a lot of inflammation that created a lot of an allergy load on my body. And so I had a serious seasonal allergies that resulted in um, huge bronchitis and sinusitis symptoms. So I was always on antibiotics for that. And then they gave me an inhaler. And um I'm grateful I was able to reverse all of that and I don't have to deal with it anymore. I don't have to worry about breathing at night. So I'm really thankful that I got that all under control. And um, so currently um, what I have that I'm working on is just correcting my cortisol balance and my energy levels. And I've noticed when I took a couple extra FDN tests, I took an um, hair mineral tissue analysis or hair tissue mineral analysis test, and it came back with a calcium shell. So I wasn't actually, my sodium and potassium weren't high enough for me to absorb my calcium. So that's something that I'm working on now to support my body. In, and um, and, in the, and then the results from that too is I've, I found out I have aluminum in my body. So I'm thinking everybody's got this aluminum built up in their body. So it's a really good idea to get one of these tests so that we can find out how much we have and actually start working on getting rid of this and detoxing. And since I've had amalgams my whole life, you know, there's mercury there too. So it's kind of a two for one um, detox that I'm doing, getting rid of the mercury and the aluminum while rebalancing my calcium shell. 
you know, I'd like to uh, bring up just or I recognize a great point that you just brought up. And so the HTMA test, for those that don't know, it's incredibly inexpensive in the world of functional labs. I mean, it's a great test to use, but I love the way that you used it because one of the things that we do as FDNs and especially in FDN Thrive and Reed Davis, the founder, has talked about this so brilliantly before. I've actually had somewhat of like a private group conversation with him about why HTMA is not one of the first things that we use. And he talks about how these mineral balances and even um, these built up metals, when we do the core labs of FDN and when we do dress, which I always have to repeat myself on this, but for those first listening, uh, for listening for the first time, it's diet, rest, exercise, stress reduction, and supplementation. That's our core lifestyle habits. And then we customize dress more or less for the person with the lab tests. Um, that was basically like a three word rhyme. That was pretty cool. I got to start using that a little more. <laughs> but after that, after that, one of the amazing things that we have access to as FDNs are like 55, 60 other tests. And it is really a great first test to consider using after you've done this course stuff. Hey, obviously you've made progress. You've made great progress, but maybe I could use a little refinement. That's one of the first recommended go-tos uh, for that refining, because let's see what's happening even after we've taken care of the other stuff in our body. And you're totally right. Not only aluminum, just there are so many toxins that we really, even the most healthy person just can't avoid in today's world. Um, I know it's a little bit different, but glyphosate, for example, right, Lori? I mean, that's just, you, to not have that in your body to some degree is just to not live. <laughs> you know, it really doesn't matter how healthy you are. Um, I don't know that anyone's going to come up negative for not having any glyphosate unless you are in such a ridiculously remote area of the United States or another part of the world. But even then, I, I don't think that can be guaranteed because this stuff goes up into rainwater. I mean, it's it's nuts. So um, for those that are maybe a little uh, new to the idea of the hair tissue mineral analysis testing, um, and I'm happy to go into that to some degree because this is your second time on. And the podcasts that have our guests for the second time, that's where, guys, we will have more of maybe some in-depth information or intensives on things. And we might get a little more technical. So this is for the people that want that. What is a, a calcium shell exactly? And isn't that a pretty common pattern? I'm seriously asking this. I actually don't know. But I think it's a common pattern in people who have struggled with weight, right? Yes, it's a. it is, seems to be a very common pattern. And um, I'm living a what I consider a very healthy lifestyle. And I had no clue. I was taking calcium every night. And taking my magnesium, I take sodium, um, I use salt in my diet, I thought I was getting enough potassium. But, you know, I've noticed a little bit of kidney issues and you you know, over the past year. And um, without taking this test, I wouldn't have known that I needed to focus on this, but that calcium was not getting absorbed. And so that's called a calcium shell because it's super sky high. It's just stuck there. And your body's got this calcium overload because you're not absorbing it into your cells because my sodium is too low and my potassium is too low. And so I'm working on remineralizing my body to get that up so that I can control better weight support. So that's kind of what I'm digging into now with my own weight loss journey is fine tuning what's happening. Like my GI map was pretty clean. I mean, it looked great to my mentor. He'd think, wow, this looks like an FDN's gut. You do good, you know, but it took me years to do that. You know, my hormone levels, I'm methylating. It looks really good. You know, I'm in menopause, so my hormones are tanked. My cortisol levels are low. So I know that I need to increase my cortisol levels. So 
with that HTMA, I'm just digging down and getting more hidden weight loss blocks under control so that I can support myself and keep myself out of the doctor's office and, you know, get that anti-aging under control and just increase my health. So that's the focus that I've been doing. And that, you know, getting that calcium down is one of the processes I'm working on now. Okay. All right. And perhaps it's hard to quantify. I mean, well, not perhaps, it definitely is hard to quantify. But, you know, where would you say percentage wise you are now? Like, let's say, you know, your worst is, you know, 0% health. Of course, obviously, 0% health would be the person doesn't exist anymore. But, (laughs) you know, you're at your worst. That's the 0%. Like, how much uh, better would you say that you have gotten? Is this like 70%, 60, 80? Where are you at, do you think? In in overall, in my lifestyle journey? Yes. Okay. So definitely, gosh, I don't know, 80, 90%. I awesome. mean, I don't have any illnesses. Um, I don't, I'm not on any medications. So if I go to the doctor, they just tell you you're healthy. You're not on any medications. So I just use supplementation and I focus on supporting my mental health in my mineral complexes and um, making sure I get enough sleep. So, I, you know, that's something I, I have an R ring and I tr- trouble, I, I track my sleep so that I could get better, deeper sleep. So when I'm getting better, deeper sleep, I can lose weight. And that's something I've been struggling with because I have been tired working two jobs, you know, building this business. And um, I've noticed that I've gained a little pounds. I'm going to admit I gained five pounds over this past year with COVID and all the stress we're all going over. And now I'm just working on uncovering all those hidden weight loss blocks for myself to get that all under control so that I can get to a point where I'm more balanced. And so I would say, you know, that's, I don't know what um, exact, I guess I would have more energy and better hormones, but at 58, you know, you're in menopause and those things have to be, um, you know, supported. And so that's what I'm doing. I'm supporting my hormone levels with my lifestyle and targeted supplementation. Incredible. And this is, I love to hear this stuff, you know, because it's very realistic. And so many of us that are in the midst of our chronic health journeys, we would take 10, 15% improvements, let alone 80 or 90%. I mean, I I just want to also, I wanted to emphasize that because what you're doing right now is really just because you're someone who loves this topic. I'm in the same boat. You know, we want to see how far can this actually get. Most people will stop once they're 70 to 80% better. And you know what? More power to them. I mean, that's completely fine. We are people, though, that take it to that extra level. I'm like, I, and I'm always curious, I'm like, how well can I get? Because I've been sick my whole life. So I want to know where I'm at. Um, and I don't think anyone out there is, you, you said it in a way of like, I will admit, you know what? People that, haven't been affected by COVID in one way or another with their health stuff. There's, there, I think there's two groups. I think there's people that have been affected and then liars. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> it, it's gotten all of us. Um, it got me. And you know what? It's been, it's a separate topic, but it is scary because I don't know if you've had this experience. I was in such a great place before it. And I'm still in a, gr- a better place than most of my life now, but such a great place before that I didn't even see the little trickle down effects that it was having until I start noticing some more major stuff and I'm like, wow, you know, like um, I've had a history of mental health stuff and skin stuff. And I do notice a couple more breakouts or definitely um, what I would now call, you know, a real um, depressive episode, you know, a clinical depressive episode. And I think that's very understandable um, for what we've dealt with, even if you are someone who has a wonderful support network and, you know, you're able to still work throughout this. I'm not even someone who owns a TV, so I don't even pay that much attention to the news, but it's impossible to engage in society now 
And well, it's getting a little better, of course, at the time that we're recording this. But, you know, and you're walking into a grocery store and you see everyone in masks and just everyone's kind of on edge and a little scared. That takes a psychological toll if it was only for a week, let alone a year plus, you know. So I, I think we can all give ourselves some grace. If five pounds is the result of the pandemic, <laughs> considering what you've lost before, I think that's very fair. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It's, you know, it's like, oh, my gosh. Okay, but I know what to do and I'm not afraid of ever yes, becoming yes. obese again. And I, you know, I would I know what the solution is and the process is for me. And so I'm just, you know, digging into that and, you know, I'll get myself back down as soon as I get my sleep and stress under control. Mm-hmm. And um just gonna work on that because that's it's a journey. It's my lifestyle and it's not gonna stop happening. It's just you just fine-tune it as you go along. Yeah, that's probably the coolest part about being an FDN is like when I've dealt with depression in the past, you know, unfortunately it went so long that it did get to the point of like suicidal ideations. Now I've never attempted, but it it was there, right? And I just can never get to that anymore. And it's not because I'm special, but what happens that in my opinion, in the mental health space, and I'm pretty involved in it, that leads people to acting on those ideations is the lack of hope. They believe that this can never get better. Well, I not only believe that, I know that for a fact. I know this can get better and I know it will. I just got to, you know, use the resources that I have. And so um, just recently I started basically like doing FDN, if you will. Like, of course, I got my dress stuff pretty much down, but uh, I'm looking into some stool testing again. And I just ran um, some basic like thyroid stuff just to get those easy wins and make sure everything's going well there. And ironically, my TSH was actually the best it's ever been in my life. (laughs) Um, It was like a 2.34 or something, which in the functional range is like 0.3 over, but... I think I'll take that, you know, not bad considering where I've been. So um, I love to hear those updates for you. That That's fantastic. Now, I want to move a little bit more into the work that you do and kind of the people that you serve and how you serve them. And one of the terms that you brought up before we got on together was this idea of like metabolic dysfunction. So just for the audience that's listening, if they're not really clear on what that means, metabolic health, metabolic everything is thrown around a lot. Like what, what are you referring to when you say metabolic dysfunction exactly? So it's like your body has a dysfunction and there's your metabolism isn't working. And there is a term called like, um, let's see, metabolic syndrome. And part of the issue is you've got blood pressure issues. You've got blood sugar problems. You've got high cholesterol. Your body isn't managing your circulation. Your liver's not functioning. Your whole body's circulation is not functioning. You're insulin resistant And when you become insulin resistant and you develop blood pressure problems and then you develop cholesterol issues, you've got a metabolic dysfunction and it's all correct, connected and and it can be reversed and corrected with diet and lifestyle. So we get, you know, we put on more weight, we get more fat when we have this condition happening. And one of the things that was successful for me is I started questioning why am I having all these symptoms? My dad died from all the diabetic symptoms and um, I had a rapid heartbeat back in the day and I was going and getting checked for this and that. And I'm like, well, why is it happening? You know, I don't need a heart monitor. I don't need a CAT scan. I just want to know what's going on. And so I just stopped eating the foods that were causing the problem and my metabolic dysfunction corrected itself. And so with my program, that's what I focus on is helping people reduce that metabolic dysfunction, correct that insulin resistance, and in the process, 
we find all those hidden weight loss blocks by testing with functional labs and we correct your weight and it starts to drop and you don't have to worry about ever being obese again because it'll just fall off. It, it makes so much sense. And it's something that's fundamental to FDN, right? Because we call it metabolic chaos. We we talk about a very, very similar, if not identical concept. And it's kind of the missing key for people um, or missing piece, I guess I should say, of the puzzle for people that finally makes all of this make sense. Because that's the thing, you know, when you have multiple symptoms going on like you did or myself, especially that seemingly were so disconnected, you start going to specialist to specialist and everyone's treating that specific thing. And then you finally have this realization where it's like, because none of that's really even working. Like maybe at best it helps the symptoms a little bit, but you still have the same problems fundamentally, or you have a new symptom now, like a side effect because of one of the medications or treatments. And it just comes down to this. It's like, guys, does it really make sense? Or would it make more sense that the whole body is kind of in a distressed state? you know, a dysfunctional state or in a chaotic state, metabolic dysfunction and metabolic chaos, right? And then that's leading to the manifestation of symptoms, depending on your unique um, bio-individual self, you know, your unique genetics. I have never been overweight in my life. I don't think I could eat 8,000 calories a day and become overweight. That's something that happens very easily to Lori. It is still the same fundamental problem, though, of this metabolic dysfunction or chaos that is leading to the manifestation of our um you know, respective symptoms. So I think that's such a great thing to bring up. Now, one of the other things that I know that you do for your clients, and I love that you said this, you, you want to help prevent them, or at least bring them back from sliding into a body that doesn't work. And as someone, again, who is very empathetic to anyone with any kind of health issue from having gone through them myself, but has never had the weight thing specifically, I do always wonder that. I've wondered what happens to these people, especially like in the excessive ranges of, you know, 350, 400 pounds, which I know is not the case for you, but obviously that happens quite frequently in America. I always wonder like, how does it, because it's such a progressive thing. Like it happens over time. And I would imagine it's incredibly stressful to feel like, because no one wants to be that way, you know, and you feel this happening. So what are some of the things that you do for people to help them prevent that, you know, sliding feeling, or if maybe they're already sliding, you know, maybe they're way down that road. How do we help bring them back? Like, what are some of the first steps? Well, one of the things that we do is um, do a, a test called the metabolic typing test. And this will help me figure out and you figure and the client figure out what is the right diet for your body. If you're eating a vegetarian diet and you need more protein, you're going to be sick. And if it's the other way around, if you're eating too much protein, but you're, you know, say you're Indian or you're Filipino and, and your genes have um, developed around a veg, more of a vegetarian grain like diet, then too much protein and fat could make you sick. So you want to find out which diet it is, dial that in and um, find your food sensitivities. So finding your food sensitivities is part of that aspect of getting that diet dialed in and fixed. Because if you're eating foods that you're sensitive to, you're going to have inflammation and you're not going to get that weight to budge because it's going to stick there. And you're going to create more fat because of that inflammation and those foods you're eating that have toxins. So the weight won't drop until we get this all under control. So that's the first step of really getting the diet dialed in. So Lori, let me just get this straight. Are you saying that just maybe, just maybe, weight loss and weight gain might be a little more complicated than just calories in and calories out? <laughs> For sure. It's almost 80% of what you do. I mean, if you do not 
correct your diet and give what, what your body is looking for, you will not lose the weight you need to. You could be skinny fat and have inflammatory visceral fat and you wouldn't even know it. So part of my program too is getting that visceral fat under control and losing that inflammatory fat that you don't even know you have. And then in the process, you get a healthier weight management body. Oops, sorry, I was on mute there still. Um, <laughs> and you know what? I, I love that you're bringing this up, especially as someone who's dealt with it because no one ever wants to hear it from me for the most part. Guys, we're not ignorant here. Obviously, there's extremes with this. If you are eating 10,000 calories a day and you aren't an Olympic athlete or you're eating zero calories a day because you're doing the most insane fast in the world, of course, there are going to be changes on the scale one way or the other. But what no one really talks about, especially in the world of fitness, and I'm like, this is 2021, guys. We got to be smarter than this. No one ever talks about how 3,000 calories is not always the same for every person. I have a buddy who has won at the national level for strongman, and he eats around 3,500 calories a day. This is a 250-pound giant. You know, I mean, he is a massive jacked dude. Well, I eat 3,500 calories a day if I'm physically active. I've never weighed more than 175. So explain that. You know, now I do a lot of things that are FDN based. You know, I know my food sensitivities. I, I know these things that I need to be doing. So, you know, yes, you can go to the extremes and say, if you eat ridiculous amount of calories or ridiculously low amount of calories, there's going to be those issues, but it, it doesn't add up for the people in between. And I think it's really insulting for people. I'm not sure if you can speak on that, but I think it's insulting for people when the average individual looks at someone that's overweight and just acts like they need to exercise more or eat less. I feel like that's a very invalidating type of mindset to have towards those individuals. Yeah, it's it's uh, not an easy place to be. My I did have a sister that was over probably 400 pounds and she eventually died. She suffocated. She couldn't live anymore, you know. She was like that for too long and couldn't reverse it. But so I have those genes and part of the issue is what is your genes and and are you practicing epigenetics and what that means is are you supporting what your body needs and what your genes need so you can turn your genes on and off by what you eat and if you have a propensity to be diabetic and overweight you will have to focus more on lifestyle factors to control that but you can turn off the disease causing genes and get that weight loss under control so you know when you're looking at somebody who is overweight and they are already watching everything they eat and trying to exercise, but they're not going to lose weight because maybe they didn't remove their sensitive foods they're sensitive to. Maybe they're not eating right for their body type. And it's really a hard place to be because it's very hard to get out of that trap if you don't have a guide to really kind of give you that roadmap to health that you can follow because, you know, nobody wants to be overweight. Everybody's trying to lose weight, but not everybody can figure out what it is to do and what their bodies need. That's why testing to see what's happening can be very powerful. Well said. And um, it, it just, it you can see it so clearly, especially in my opinion, in like the excessive cases where it's more than just the person needs to lose like 10 or 15 pounds, right? Like these are very high numbers. Um, I, I will not, I'll, I'm going to say this as vaguely as possible. I know of someone who has dealt with very extreme weights, you know, like large amounts. And they are someone who works their butt off with the exercise. They are now like six days a week type of person in the gym and stuff. Um, they're very, for, compared to the average person, very dialed in on their nutrition and stuff. But they are completely 
unaware of the things that we're talking about today and the functional things. And you know what happened? This person ended up lose uh, ended up losing over like a hundred pounds, which is no small feat. That's remarkable. But they yeah. are stuck now at a weight that is still very excessively high um, compared to the average American. And they work their butt offs, and it just it stinks because I'm not in a place to be advising this person at all. If you get what I'm saying, like it's a far enough separation away, but I'm just like, wow, this stinks so bad because this person is not willing to not, uh, has no lack of willingness to put in the work. Obviously they're dedicated. I mean, they've been at this for a couple of years now. And because of this societal viewpoint of, oh, it's all exercise, it's all calories in, calories out, or the worst that this person's like somehow lazy. I'm like, how insulting. I'm like, that guy works harder than 95% of the people I know in the gym and eats better than 90 plus percent of people I know. No, it doesn't add up, you know, because if I did those exact same things that they were doing, I would not even be, I literally would not be half of their weight um, just with how my genetic is, genetics are made up. So um, I love that you're bringing light to this. And I think this is super validating for people out there to hear. Now, one other thing I'd like to touch on with the diet, because I think it's important. Um, and of course, I have a little insider info because you and I talked last time. And of course, we're connected on social media. And we'll shout out where people can find you in just a few minutes here. Um, guys, this is not saying that this is going to work for everyone because you need to do the proper testing. But Lori, I think you eat in a way that might be pretty counterintuitive for a lot of people in terms of what they think is going to help them lose weight. So can you talk a little bit about your diet and maybe some of the macronutrient ratios uh, that you're typically eating? Because I think most people are like, whoa, those are going to make me gain weight. And clearly it's worked pretty darn well for you. Yeah. Well, I probably have six tablespoons of fat before lunch. And I don't even eat lunch till like one o'clock. So I do do intermittent fasting. And when you're of an obesity gene type body, you really have to do more intermittent fasting and you have to pull your fat up and you have to reduce the refined grains in the diet because it's the grains that put on the fat. And if you're eating that and doing exercise, you could do all the exercise you want. And as long as you're eating too many processed foods, you know, if you have my body type, you cannot eat processed foods. You have to eat the fat and the protein, and that's what helps you lose weight. So that's how I keep my weight under control. And um, I'll play with that. I don't do it the same every day. On the weekends, I do it different. And during the week, it's easier to do more intimate fasting. Sure. But yeah, so, you know, two table, two to three tablespoons of ghee, a couple tablespoons of coconut oil, and um, then I'll add more in there. You know, that's, I, I do that on a regular basis. So more fat than and moderate protein and very few carbs because if I eat carbs, I gain weight. Awesome. Um, well, awesome in terms of that you figured it out, you know? Yeah, I figured it out. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. not to confuse people, but rather to enlighten people, just for an example, I eat very similarly to what you just said. I was someone who ate like three, 400 grams of carbohydrates per day because I thought that I wanted to like gain weight in the gym and be able to exercise more and do all this stuff. I'm eating six, seven meals a day because that's what I thought I needed. It turns out that for me, when I started implementing the intermittent fasting, when I started, I eat like 60, 70% of my calories uh, come from fat, uh, moderate protein, and then carbohydrates that vary, but almost never exceed 120 grams per day, which for someone with my level of activity, you most people be like, oh, that's crazy. You can eat way more. That not only worked for me, I was able to gain healthy weight, like actual muscle in the gym easily because of that. So it just goes to show this is why we test and we don't guess, right? Because that did this similar diet 
did something completely different for you than it did for me. I think it's really uh, a great point for people. And this is why we don't play guessing games. You know, you, you got to get the stuff checked out. Yeah. And, you know, I've been through the journey and I've, you know, I've been doing this for um, at least seven years. So I kind of have a lot of weight loss secrets that I can just pull in anytime I have a client that wants yes. to know something. I can guide them better because, you know, I've been through that. I you know what works for me. I can help you discover what's wrong, where your hidden weight loss blocks are. And then we would work to correct that. And so we just, you know, that's something you discover with one-on-one -on -one coaching and getting it done faster and quicker than if you had to do it by yourself. Because I have, a, you know, a lot of, you know, secrets that I can put in there. Yeah. Out of those main core labs with FDN and not, I'm never someone that tries to reinvent the wheel with FDN. I believe in the core labs. I think they're very good and I think it's a system that works, but I am curious just for like humor me here. Which one, if anyone, do you find is most useful to people? I mean, I know you've mentioned uh, food sensitivities a lot of times, but I didn't know if like the gut stuff came up often, like which one are you finding most useful? I think the food sensitivity test and the metabolic typing test, because you need to know what diet for is right for your body so that you can dial in the right ratios. And my client was swears that that food sensitivity test was the one main thing that got him to really do a 360 on his diet and lifestyle and correct his weight. And he just redid the GI map test. And even though he's still showing some H. pylori and some inflammation, Overall, his bacteria is changing and looking healthier because of the diet and lifestyle changes that he's making. So cool. It, it, I love hearing this stuff. And I'm sorry if you guys got the dog in the background at all. I'll try to edit that part out if I'm able to. Um, but in both of those tests, guys, just to be clear, nothing to do with calories in there. <laughs> Food sensitivity test doesn't have anything to do with calories. Uh, metabolic typing will adjust your macronutrient ratios, but it does not adjust your calories. So I just think that's very, again, I'll use the word enlightening um, for people out there that are listening to this stuff. So some of the final points I want to hit on really quick is uh, this is a small one, but I, I think it's a cute thing for people to remember and something that we all can apply in our own lives. Um, one of your secrets is like healthy adventures. Can you tell us what a healthy adventure is and then maybe how we can apply that to our own lives? Yeah, so having a health adventure is one of my um, core um, things that I work with with my clients because, you know, a lot of people think weight loss is boring and painful. And for some people, maybe it is. So I like to set a fun goal and, you know, and I just tell everybody, you know, just you don't need to spend all that time in the gym. We just need to get outside and get out in the sunlight because the sunlight hits your skin, gets you more D3. It's very powerful. You actually start to lose weight and you're outside, you're de-stressing, your body is um, primed to lose weight. Every time I would go out on a vacation in the past, I'd come home a couple pounds lighter because I have less stress. I'm out in the sunlight, you know, and the thing about a, planning a, um, a health adventure is you become more active. You get more excited. You have a goal. You get outside you get out from under those blue lights and your body can get set, resettle its circadian rhythm so that you have better health. And when you have better health, you lose weight. So it's all kind of connected in correcting that metabolic syndrome and um, resetting your circadian rhythm. The sunlight is so powerful. Getting out, hiking at national parks. Um, if you're, you know, you, you probably think you couldn't even do a half marathon, but I've done two. And I was 225 pounds. 
So it's possible you just have to get excited about something. And I like to help people make a goal and get excited and let them know that whatever it is that you plan, you can do. Yeah. Physical activity, unfortunately, is just like reading. We force certain types of books or physical activity down kids' throats, um, you know, when they're young. And then we think that we hate those things overall. There is absolutely a book for every single person. There is absolutely some type of physical activity for every single type of person, which you will enjoy, you know? Um, And I love the phrase, you probably heard this. It's like, um, read what you love until you love to read. And, you know, I think we can do the same thing with physical activity. Like, just do what you love until you love to exercise. Um, I love biking, hiking, whatever. It's not the things that I started out with as a kid. I played basketball and baseball. Don't really do those anymore, but... I just, I do these things because I want to. Um, And Lori is always posting about the hikes that she's doing and uh, those types of things, which leads me to my final question. Lori, where can people find you? Talk about um, the Instagram for sure and website where people can find you. Yeah, um, I'm hanging out a lot at Lori Blue Weight Loss Coach on Instagram. And um, I also have a Facebook, Lori Blue Aging Successfully is my company name. And my website is LoriBlue.com. And lots of blogs there. Then I hope to add more in there as well as I'm actually doing some self-care for myself this next week. I'm actually um, going down to three days a week at work so that I could have two days for self-care, building my business and focusing on what I need in life and um, just making that break to make that change. Nice. Well, not to add more to your plate and put you on the spot, but I can't ask you my normal question that we usually finish the podcast with because you already answered that before. So I got to <laughs> well, ask then, I mean, do we have a, do we have a book in the future? Cause not that the market needs another weight loss book, but I do think they could use a weight loss book from Lori Ballou. I think you have a very unique perspective to offer. So is that ever something you thought about or no? Um, it's not yet there. It might okay. be percolating, you know, um, weight loss is a journey and it's a lifestyle and you just never give up. You just keep pu- pushing through and getting more information. And that new term that's out biohacking, I live in the biohacking world. Um, you know, if there's something that's going to give me a, a, a tip and get my body into a stronger place so that I can live longer and age successfully, I'm there. And, um, I just, you know, that's something I work with, with my clients, you know, what it is you need, I'll help you find it. And we'll get there faster together than if you did this alone. So never give up. You can do it. We will have all of Lori's info in the show notes. So if you want to reach out and work with her, you can do so there. But Lori, thank you so much for coming on again. And I'm sure we'll be hearing from you in the future. Thank you, Evan. I appreciate it. Oh man, it gets me so fired up to hear these stories from FDN practitioners and FDN Thrive clients that they are on the other side of their journey. They have dealt with these chronic health issues, sometimes very, very severe things, and they did the work. They did the FDN philosophy and program, and they got better because it works every single time because we don't treat or address anything specifically. We never do that. And you know why it's impressive is because this is different, man. This is not something that everyone's doing yet. Obviously, you know that. You're listening to a niche podcast. You would know if everyone was doing this. We wouldn't need this podcast, probably. And you're going to be someone that might get some looks every now and then when you're going out with friends. Or maybe a glance from your family members at the family party. Usually, this comes with respect, which I always appreciate. I think that's amazing. But nonetheless, it does make you different. So you got to deal with the societal implications of this 
while also trying to figure out the science and do the stuff and learn all these things that you need to learn. I give props to anyone that's willing to do that. And you know what? This is one of those cases where different is better because different actually works. Different is good when the norm in America, at least, is 70% of people are overweight or obese. 47% deal with a chronic disease and over 40% will be diagnosed with cancer in their lifetime, both of which, on those end groups, the chronic disease and cancer, they are going up. Now, how crazy is that? So if that is the norm, that's what's happening to people on a regular basis, you know what? Being different is really good. Lori, thank you so much for coming on here today and sharing your updates with us. It is just one more thing that is going to motivate people out there to finally jump into this and get on their journey. Now, if you're looking to change your health, if you're looking to get better, you know where to find us. FDNthrive.com. Click the Get Started Here button and you'll hop on a call with probably me or someone else that's going to walk you through and see if this is a good program for you. Now, the coolest part and what I love most about working with FDN, it's not just the fact that I am an FDN, but one of the things that I love most about working with FDN and FDN Thrive is that we will never leave someone hanging on the call. Because guess what? There are a percentage of people that just aren't right for the program. That does not mean, oh, you're not right for the program. We can't take any money from you. So goodbye. Good luck. No, no, no. Never happens. You get on a free call and you are at least guaranteed to get some direction in where to go with your health. It might be as simple as a book recommendation. It might be advanced as us recommending a very specific practitioner that you would never hear about because you're just not in the space like we are, right? So we're helping you out by giving you some of our connections. And hey, best case scenario, we can help you. We think you'd be great for the program and we bring you in. That would be wonderful, right? But you will never be left hanging. This is bigger then FDN Thrive just making some money and a profit. That's not what this is about. I need people to really understand that. And I think the way that that can be proven is if you're thinking about taking that leap with us and you've been thinking about it for a while, hop on a call. Free call can't hurt anyone, right? (laughs) Maybe you get a few more marketing emails afterwards. That's about as bad as it can get. And I'd love to talk with you. And likely it would be me or someone also pretty cool. I guess I just... Am I allowed to call myself cool like that? Because I I did compliment the other person there, but I kind of called myself cool as well. Well, whatever. Anyway, I think I'm all right. Uh, I'm cool in this space, at least. I really don't fit in many other places. But in the functional health world, I I rock. That's the one place I feel at home. So I will shut up. You know where to find us, fdnthrive.com. And thank you guys so much for listening to yet another episode of the FDN Thrive Podcast. If you like this information... And you would be so kind as to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We would love you even more than we already do. I'm looking forward to talking to you again soon. Take care for now, though. Thanks for tuning in to the FDN Thrive Podcast. If you feel like you've been stuck in the cycle of trial and error when it comes to your health issues, our team can help. Whether you've tried every different diet out there without lasting success, spent way too much money on supplements at your local health food store, or been told that your lab tests are normal despite feeling anything but normal, we have your back. Go to fdnthrive.com and click the Get Started Here button if you're ready to stop playing guessing games with your health. That's fdnthrive.com.